Welcome to the Doomsday Bunker Podcast. Your weekly program will be discussing topics such as conspiracy theories, movie theories, and disaster situations. So make sure you're secure in your bunker, and let's start the show. Welcome to the Doomsday Bunker Podcast. My name is Joseph, and I am the host of this podcast. Each and every week, we discuss topics such as conspiracy theories, movie theories, and disaster situations. And if you're liking the podcast so far, please give it a like and follow on whatever platform you're listening to. And go ahead and share it with a friend or family. Make sure that we grow the podcast. And this week's episode is about the movie The Project Almanac and a little bit about time travel. But without further ado, let's start the episode. And this week, we're going to start off with a question. How many of you have wanted to time travel? Go back in time, maybe fix something, maybe go way back in time, meet some ancestors, or see one of the great history developments. I know I have, and I know probably quite a few of you have. Like I said, just to go back in time and fix something, maybe you got a stain on your favorite shirt, and you just want to go back in time and make sure that you don't stop at that coffee shop. Or you're in high school, you're trying to impress a girl or a guy, and you make a complete fool of yourself, or someone else gets there before you get to. At some point in our lives, I can guarantee something bad has happened, or we've been very interested in something, and we wanted to go back in time. But most of the time, when we think about going back in time, we don't think about the consequences that could happen, or what could happen if we met ourselves. We just thought, let me go back in time, let me fix that, let me see this, It'll be fine. I'll come back. The world will be the same. Well, unfortunately, that's not the case 98% of the time. Much like with time travel movies, when they go back in time, something either gets messed up along the way or something gets messed up in the future. You go back in time and stop yourself from spilling that coffee all over you. With that little bit of time that you save, instead of getting the coffee, you just decide to go to work. On your way to work, you happen to get in a car accident because someone blows through that stop sign. That wouldn't have happened if you would have gotten your coffee, which you spilt on yourself and took your time to clean up at the coffee shop. These are the type of things that either people don't realize or movies don't really cover all that well when the character's thinking about going back in time. Now, the movie Project Almanac has those issues, as we will talk about as we get into the movie. So, the movie starts off by following the character David Raskins, who is the main character of the whole movie, and his sister Christina. They are shooting a project that David has been working on to try to get into MIT and also to get a scholarship. The project that he's been working on is to try and control a drone with some pads on his hands that are sensors to try and move and control a drone instead of using the controls. It starts to work for a little bit until David starts getting a phone call from his phone, which starts to disrupt the connection between the gloves and the drone. The drone ends up falling and breaking into the ground, but he still sends a video off to MIT. The letter comes back. He gets into MIT, but he only gets $5,000. So he's up in the attic looking for another experiment to do to try and get one more scholarship. While he's up there, he is looking through a bunch of his dad's stuff because his dad was a brilliant creator and scientist, and he's made all of these gadgets, and he's trying to sift through to see if any of them could be used for the experiment 
He can't find anything in there, but they do find a camcorder, another camcorder, aside from the one that they're using, because this movie is a shaky cam slash found footage type of movie, so it's not straight on just a camera filming them. It's actually like someone's holding the camera, and it moves a lot. I know some people don't really like that, and that's why the movie kind of has a low rating. I know some people can get sick or get headaches from just watching that, but that's kind of what the movie is set in is that shaky cam. So they find another camcorder and they're looking at the footage because it was their dad's old camcorder and they find that it taped David's seventh birthday. So they put aside looking for an experiment and they start looking at this camcorder and as they're watching the footage of the seventh birthday, they see that an older version of David comes across in the mirror. They freeze frame, they look at it, he's got the same shirt on, there's a stain, and he's got a pair of car keys that aren't his car keys, but you later find out whose car keys they are. And they find it very weird, and so they get a bunch of their friends together. There's four of them at the beginning. A fifth one soon joins, but there's four of them. They're watching it. They realize that is David. How did he get there? And when they go down to the basement of the house, they start to hear a thumping and a rumbling. Finally, they end up able to pick up a panel off of the ground, and underneath it, is a machine that his dad has been working on that turns out to be the time machine. Now before we get too far in the movie, spoiler alert, his dad did pass away on his seventh birthday. He got into a car accident and he ends up dying and the camcorder is just left at the house because during the birthday party when you're watching the camcorder footage, he gets a phone call on his phone, talks to the mom, says that he has to go. He is probably going for some government thing because that is what he does. He works for the government as a scientist and a creator trying to create these experiments and these machines that could help the military. And when he gets this phone call, he says that he has to go. And when he goes, when he leaves that day, he doesn't ever come back because he got into a car accident. I just wanted to say that really quick before I forgot. But they find the time machine. They look at it. They're trying to figure out how it works. There's a bunch of blueprints with it. They start hooking up a bunch of batteries and start putting everything together. And they kind of get it to work, but they don't actually get to send anything back. It just keeps shorting out batteries. And they need hydrogen, which they go into the school. They break into their school and steal a bunch of hydrogen from one of the labs to bring home, to put into the machine and try and get it going. They have several car batteries. They end up breaking down an Xbox and using some of the components inside of the Xbox to try and make the time machine keep running without keep shorting out, shorting out the batteries and destroying what components they've hooked up to it. And every time they do that, they get a little bit closer. You start to see the tools on the tool bench start to float and spin. And at some point, eventually, uh, they start to realize that one car battery or a couple car batteries that aren't charging themselves constantly won't work. And so this is where we get to meet the other character. Her name is Jessica, and she is the love interest of David throughout the movie. They're back at school trying to figure out how to get the machine to keep working without shorting out these batteries. And David realizes that he misplaced his backpack with the exact same backpack of Jessica, the girl that he likes. And he goes over, switches the backpacks with her. She gives a snarky comment about how he doesn't talk right away as if he's trying to communicate with her through telepathy. And that's kind of the first part of meeting her. You don't really get to see much of her for at least another 20 minutes. Finally, there's a party going on down the street from David's house. 
as they're working on this time machine, she pulls up and parks in David's driveway, and she and her friends go out to the party, and then they realize if they can use her car battery, it'll constantly keep charging as the car is running, so it won't be able to be shorted out as easily or quickly. So they get a bunch of jumper cables, they hook it up to the time machine, they hook it up to her car, they try to run a bunch of jumper cables to the basement to make sure that they can connect. And when they do, their test is they're going to send back a toy car with a GoPro on it and a stopwatch. And that stopwatch is supposed to be sent a minute backwards. So then that way they know if it works, that stopwatch will be a minute ahead of the stopwatch that they have. So when they hook it up, they get everything going. The hammers and everything on the tool bench start to float again. The car is right there in the middle where they set it to make sure that it goes back. They're all hiding behind a table. And just then, Jessica walks in in their basement because obviously she sees the jumper cables going from her car to the basement. And they're wondering what the heck's going on here. And when she does, they quickly run over and grab her because they don't want anything to fly at her or her to go backwards. And then suddenly everything kind of just sparks and explodes. And the camera goes down that they're holding, so that's supposed to mean that the characters go down as well. When they kind of come to and figure out what's going on, the car is no longer in the middle of the circle where they put it, but they're able to find the stopwatch, and the stopwatch doesn't say a minute ahead like they want. It actually says it's two hours ahead, because when they sent it back, they only meant to send it a minute, and said they ended up sending it two hours backwards, and they keep looking for the car, and finally they find it embedded in the wall because when everything exploded and it came back, it was propelled with enough force to be shot into a concrete wall, which is very dangerous, but yet they consider it a success, and they keep trying to use it and keep trying to put more hydrogen in it so they can go back further because eventually they want to test it on themselves. And now that Jessica has obviously seen what has just happened, they have to let her in the group because they don't want her going off telling everybody. So the group now consists of David, Jessica, David's friend Adam, David's friend Quinn, and David's little sister, Christina. We get a little bit farther in the movie, and they start to decide that we're ready to test it on ourselves. What should we go back and do? And they start listing off a few things, like Quinn wants to go back because he doesn't want to repeat the 12th grade because he's failing a bunch of classes. Christina wants to go back because she's being bullied and she wants to show that bully who's boss. So as they talk about what they want to do first, they set some ground rules. First of which being one, and this is obvious, it should be obvious to anybody that wants to go back in time. You can't come in contact with yourself because that, because that could lead to some kind of time ripple or lead to some kind of continuity that is trying to be kept on the timeline and you're just not supposed to meet yourself. Second rule was you're not supposed to jump by yourself. They call jumping going back in time. They're all five supposed to go together. No one's supposed to go alone. And as I'm sure you can figure out throughout the movie, these get broken, unfortunately. And we'll get to those. But the next step is they decide to go back to see if they can go back at least one day. If they can go back one day, then they can figure out how to go back a couple weeks and they can start carrying out their plan. So they end up going back one day, and when they go to jump back to yesterday, the time machine goes off, and they end up all being knocked unconscious, some of them being knocked further away from the group, but they do end up going back to time. 
just to make sure that going back in time worked, they end up going back to Quinn's house, where he, in that period of time, is asleep, but the Quinn from the future is obviously with the group of kids, and so what they decide to do is they draw on the back of that Quinn's neck, and it shows up on the future Quinn's neck, because one, he doesn't know that it's there because he's asleep, Two, whatever you do in the past, if you end up getting hurt, draw on something, change something, that automatically has a ripple effect and changes the future in which you're from. Now this is where I want to stop and talk about time travel for a minute, just because whenever I have a conversation about time traveling, which isn't often, but it comes up sometimes, and it's a lot of people want to go back and they're like, oh, I wish I could have gone back and helped my great-great-grandfather kill Hitler, or I wish I could have gone back and maybe prevented the stock market from crashing in the 30s and preventing the whole depression or stopping 9-11. And that is really good. Like the idea of that is noble because you're going back trying to make a better life for your family and other families that lived back then. But the problem is, and a lot of the time, people just want to go back and do that and they don't think about what could happen because they went back and did that. Like, say you went back and you stopped Pearl Harbor from happening. You save all those people. You somehow are able to transport yourself to Japan. Take out the people that were coming to bomb Pearl Harbor. You save the day. You go back to your time. What you don't understand is if you do that, yeah, those people stay alive. They're a hero, maybe. But also, if you go back in time, say, and stop Pearl Harbor, say... We don't enter the war then because that's the reason why we enter the war. We just maybe send supplies to our allies or we just keep trying to help them but not actually enter. Well, if that happens, then there's a good chance that our allies lose. Because when we entered the war, it really gave the allied powers a light up. But if we didn't enter the war, like I was saying, then there might be a chance that the British army can't fight by themselves because they don't have enough people because they've already been in the war for so long that Germany ends up taking that part of Europe over and then you're just leaving Russia alone to deal with Italy, Germany, and Japan. And quite honestly, they have a big army and they have a lot of people to put in that army. I don't believe that they would be able to fend off all three by themselves. And so you went back, you saved those people, you're a hero, they get to live, but then what stops them from being attacked later on because the German and the Axis powers took over that whole side of the world and now they're coming for America because we have no more allies. So when I talk about time travel, a lot of the time the conversation gets cut short because they're like, I don't really want to think about all that and deal with that. I find it very interesting to just take a line of thought. Like I said, we stop Pearl Harbor. Where does that take us in the future? Because eventually... You have to go back to your time. You don't stay in that time. And then, for all you know, when you go back to your time, either you don't exist anymore because America is gone, or you're speaking German. And that's something that I really liked about this movie as we continue on. They really do show different things that happen from very small changes in the past to the future. And in the movie, you start to see a mistake that has happened already because after Quinn gets done drawing on his own neck from the past, the past Quinn rolls over and wakes up a little bit and he says, what the, and the future Quinn 
says what the and then they're just saying what the back and forth but the future quinn you can kind of see him like glitching out like he's a computer that the screen keeps turning off and on and they have to quickly get him out of there because once again you're already breaking the rule of you see yourself or meeting yourself from the future and that's ripping a hole in the timeline that you're currently in and so once they get him out of there everything starts to become fine but that's the first inkling that you see that maybe kids shouldn't be time traveling and also there are serious consequences that they don't realize is going to happen later on but once they get back to their time nothing has changed everything's okay so they start to make plans to go back further so quinn can retake his science exam and he doesn't have to repeat 12th grade and when they go back to do that you see that it takes a couple times because again he goes in time is not consistent so the teacher asks him different questions every time that he's not prepared for and so then he has to go back a few times finally he's able to get it all correct he passes it's assumed because they don't go back and you don't hear about it again but also when they go back in time a couple times you see that christina has to go up to the past or what would be the current quinn of that time and tell him that science class is canceled so they don't run into each other and have another problem like they did like we spoke about earlier but the next thing they do is go back in time so christine can get back at one of the bullies and as they do that successfully you start to see i wouldn't say a problem but a problem with the past timeline that they're messing with because in the scene you see that the bully comes by knocks something out of that timeline's christine but then as she's coming around the corner, future Christine's holding two sodas and runs into her and purposely spills it all over her. And when they do, the bully says, but you were just back there. So you kind of see that they're confused. They're not really sure how she got from one place to the other. And they didn't pass each other, nor did the old Christine pass the bully. So she was just a little confused once again. That would be a dangerous thing if they actually figured it out or if someone started to look into that. But luckily, they were able to get by it. And as we continue on, you see something I don't really agree with because, again, I feel like the risk is far too high when the reward is far too low. But they start going back in time and messing with things like they win the lottery because then hopefully David can get into MIT without his mom having to try and sell the house or get a second job. And on top of that, they also take the money to go and buy cars and buy. There's a big scene where Quinn buys a bunch of food trucks to come to the school so that he can become popular. And this is the kind of thing like you see with Back to the Future and stuff that you shouldn't really go back and try and win a prize because you already know how it turns out. Because then if you keep doing that or if you do that on a big enough prize, People are going to start to get suspicious because, again, you only can be so lucky before people start to realize, hey, maybe it's not luck and it was rigged. And even if they think it was rigged, as in you just rigged it in their time, not that you're from the future, you can still get in a whole lot of trouble and make it even more difficult to get back to the past or back to the future. And that's why I said I feel like it's too high a risk to deal with that. But they end up going back. They do that. The next thing they do is they end up going back to Lollapalooza, which happened a couple years ago from their timeline. And this is another plot point in the movie that I like that they did in this movie that I don't really feel like they explain in other time traveling movies. Because when they go back in time, they go through this big concert. 
you know, they get backstage passes. They do the whole Lollapalooza. They get like the top, top experience and they have a great time. And there's a moment where they're at a big chalkboard that says things I want to do before the world ends. And there's things on there like time travel, win the lottery. They make jokes about how they've already done those things. And Jessica, who was with David at the time, reads off one of them that says, I wish to fall in love. And that's the point where David is supposed to kiss her, but he doesn't. He just shies away from it. And as they continue on, she kind of grows more distant because she was hoping that they could fall in love and have a kiss. They don't. And the timeline that they come back to is just her kind of getting more distant. But one of the things that I love about it is they talk about how they were at Lollapalooza for nine hours, but when they get back in time, they were only gone from their timeline for 41 seconds. So I really think that's important because a lot of the times when you watch these movies and they go back in time, you're always like, but their timeline continues. So when their parents or when somebody that they're close to notice that they're gone, and if they're gone for an extended amount of time, days, weeks, when do you start to wonder that they would call them in missing or start to look for them, start to get worried? But again, with this plot point, I think it's really important, and I find it really helpful that they explain that they're further back in time for a longer period of time, but when they come back to their timeline, it's only been a couple seconds, so it doesn't really disturb or anybody doesn't really know that they've been gone. But once Christina tells David that she should have kissed Jessica because now Jessica is hurt and she's kind of farther away, he starts to realize the error of his ways and he does something that he's not supposed to, which is he goes back alone. He doesn't tell anybody. He gets the time machine and he goes back to Lollapalooza before they're talking about kissing and stuff. They're just at the beginning of the board. They're talking about time travel. They did that. They did this. And then when she finally gets to, I hope to fall in love by the time the world ends, he does kiss her, which changes things when he gets back. Because now they're a couple, they've been together, and David is just having the perfect life because he liked Jessica, and Jessica likes him. But then they also start to realize that things have changed because David went back. In their current timeline, what was supposed to happen was the basketball team was supposed to win. They go on to win the championship, there's a big party, everybody's happy, things are normal. David went back, kissed Jessica, they became an item, and somehow in between kissing her and getting back, something changed to where one of the important basketball players ends up getting hit by a car, breaking his leg, which means that they lose the championship, and then also a plane is blown up and crashes, killing 77 people, which is one of a student's parents is on that plane. And everybody thinks that because they went back in time to go to Lollapalooza, that this is what happened and that they need to go back and fix it. Little did they know the reason why all of this happened is because David went back without them, changed something, maybe didn't seem important at the time, but now changed something so that in their future, something happened, that plane crashed. There was also some, wildfires that happen, a bunch of other natural disasters, and they start to see maybe we shouldn't be jumping back so often or we need to be more careful with what we're doing in the past. And so their plan to fix it is to go back in the past and keep them from going to Lollapalooza 
But David has another plan. He plans on going back so that he can be careful enough to still kiss Jessica, but not mess anything else up. Because if they all go back at the same time, then he won't be able to kiss Jessica, and they'll never become an item, and he'll never have his perfect life. And so he goes to an abandoned parking lot where he plans on jumping back in time, and Adam ends up finding him because they're all supposed to meet there. And before he can stop him, the others pull up. He goes to tell them what had happened, that David jumped by himself. And when that happens, he goes over to the car where the other three are to go tell them, and David jumps again without them. And that results into him going back, kissing Jessica, but trying not to have anything else happen. And then he jumps back a little bit further to where the car accident happens, where it hits the basketball player. He pushes him out of the way. He ends up getting everybody out of the way. No one gets hurt. They win the championship. He comes back to his timeline. There is no plane accident. There is no natural disaster. Everything is fine. But he realizes that his friend Adam got into some kind of accident. He's hurt. He doesn't remember anything. He's kind of on life support in this hospital. And that's when Quinn comes up to David and tells him that they need to go back, way back before Lollapalooza, fix everything so that Adam isn't in this critical state and that the basketball team still wins the championship. Everything will be fixed. Everything will be fine. But David's reluctant because, again, if they go back in time, they won't be able to meet and get together with Jessica. They won't be in a relationship. Everything for David that he wants will be ruined. And then they have this kind of internal struggle and an argument in between each other because Quinn just wants to put everything back to normal and get everybody's life back to normal. Whereas David starts to get a little bit more selfish because he wants to keep Jessica and he just wants to go back and keep trying to fix things so that he can have his perfect life and no one gets hurt. But we'll stop that for today's episode. There will be a part two on this where we'll finish the movie and then I'll give more thoughts on time travel and just kind of the do's and don'ts, I guess, not like I've time traveled, but just kind of uh, what I think would be the do's and don'ts if time travel existed. But if you've enjoyed this episode, please, like I said, give it a follow, give it a like. I'm really trying to put out quality content for you guys. And I hope you're enjoying it. Please tell your friends and family. Like I said, we'll be having that Facebook page up hopefully really soon. Plus, I have another big surprise coming for you guys. But... I hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll see you next week. Stay safe and have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. If you like what you heard, come back next week for another episode as we post a new episode every Thursday. Every Thursday. Until then, stay safe and we'll see you next time.